This is a special Uncommon Sense podcast for 3RRR FM with Amy Mullins. The interview you're about to hear is with Professor David Lindenmeyer. David is a world-renowned forest scientist and ecologist based at the ANU Fenner School. He joined me to talk about the breaking news that had just been reported. That news which has been confirmed is that the Andrews Labor State Government will end native forest logging and native timber production in Victoria by January 2024. This is six years ahead of the government's stated plan, which was by the end of 2030. David talks about the long history of this issue, the economics of it, and the science that supports ending native forest logging. He explains what the decision means for native forests and their regeneration, as well as the plantation forestry industry and forestry workers. This has been heralded as a momentous occasion for so many who have campaigned across the community. It's an issue that this program has been covering from its very inception in January 2017. It is my true pleasure to welcome back onto this program someone who doesn't even really need an introduction, but I will anyway, and that is Professor David Lindenmeyer, who is a world-renowned scientist, a forest scientist. He's based at the ANU Fenner School. He's written hundreds of peer-reviewed articles about the mountain ash forests in the Central Highlands, among other related topics relating to forest ecology and conservation and biodiversity within those forests. And Really, some huge news has come through just as I was having my conversation with Alison Puglio about fungi and forests, and that is the news that we've just heard about the Andrews Labor government in Victoria announcing that they will end native forest logging in Victoria by January next year, which is such a massive deal. It's a huge deal, no doubt, for David Lindenmeyer, who's been speaking with me about this topic since our show began and has been talking about it and writing about it for even longer than that. So I welcome onto the show Professor David Lindenmeyer. And first of all, I've got to say congratulations to you and all the people in our community who've been campaigning on this issue for decades and decades. It must feel like an amazing feeling to hear this news this morning, David. Well, if if the uh, if it's true, and all the indications are that the, the uh, this decision is right, then yes, it's a it's a very welcome decision. It's the right decision economically. It's the right decision environmentally, and in fact, it's actually the right decision socially for the state of Victoria. So, uh, I'm I'm thrilled if this is actually truly an exit. I hope it is. Mm. Because I don't think Victoria continue to afford to 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 subsidise an industry that's losing so much money. There are so many other things that you could do with that money that are are really important to do: hospitals, nursing homes, schools, all that kind of thing. And 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 so, let's hope that the outcome is is as it's been reported in the media. Let's see the detail. But if if it is then I, I uh, welcome the decision from the Victorian government to, to do the right thing. Indeed. Well, is it any wonder that there's a little bit of caution and trepidation? Because when we heard that native forest logging was going to end by 2030, it would be phased out, and that old growth trees would be protected in the meantime in certain areas. We even know that that's been a real struggle to hold the government to that 
promise. And, you know, a lot of people have been wondering if that announcement was even going to be followed through, given how much Labor has been concerned with the industry and keeping it going with those subsidies you talk about. The ABC, for those wondering, have been reporting that Treasurer Tim Pallas will announce today more than $200 million in a transition package for the logging and timber industry in today's budget, and that those workers are currently being briefed about the decision. So that's how we've come to this information through the ABC. And David Lindenmeyer, you have been talking about how the industry has been propped up and obviously the concerns about workers and how they will be supported, those who are already working in this area. And as you've said in the past, you know, this is something that is absolutely able to be managed by government. And the fact is that logging in general won't be ended in the sense that plantation logging is still an industry that some of these workers might choose to work in. Can you give us a sense of of the industry as it stands now and what the concerns have been and and the criticisms have been from industry about ending this industry? Well, I I think it's important to take a step back here and give people a sense of what the shape of the industry is. 90%, 90%. I'll say that again, 90% of everything that gets cut in a native forest in Victoria goes to the wood chip and paper pulp and box liner process, okay? So only 10% of native forest logging actually leads to sawn timber. 90% of all sawn timber in Victoria already comes from plantations. Plantations are where the the real money is. Uh, it's, It's profitable, the plantation industry. It's where the, the high-value products come from. And we need to now also look at what's being exported from Australia. So 93% of all plantation-grown hardwood material is being exported. Now, Australia needs to grow up in this space. Australia needs to start processing the wood that it grows in Australia, in Australia. It's, it's ludicrous that we are exporting so much of that material. So... We can grow the forest industry through the plantation sector to create more jobs for more Australians working in manufacturing. We don't need to be exporting all of that timber overseas. Now, I also think that it's really important that we um, we focus on what what the outcome here is in terms of regional Victoria. It's already a very active uh, plantation sector in parts of regional Victoria, we need to make sure that we can process that material and uh, and create more jobs around those around those industries, the plantation industry. Let's look at what the true value of our native forests is all about, and that's for water production, for carbon storage, for tourism, for biodiversity, for elite firefighting. So there are many, many opportunities in this space. Economically, what the Victorian government has done was actually really the only sensible financial uh, outcome and decision that it could make, given how much money has been lost. Big Forest has has made losses for the vast majority of the years of its operation, and its last loss was $54.2 million. It's taken up a loan of $80 million. With its trading history and its financial history, Big Forest could never have paid that money back. Essentially, it means it's trading as an in, insolvent entity, and that, that is ridiculous, particularly now given the kinds of budget constraints and problems that places like Victoria are facing. 
Indeed. Well, we did hear that the Andrews government were going to cut public servants because of pressures on the budget. So this is obviously another of those. And we've not only seen Vic Forrest have you know, monetary losses, we've seen them have court losses in recent times over the yellow-bellied glider. There have been other cases as well that have been taken and been successful against Vic Forest and the way that they've been surveying areas to be logged and the endangered species within them. David, you've been talking about just how special the Central Highlands are that you've been studying and writing about for such a long time. And I remember our first ever conversation was about the government's commitment under Lisa Neville to establish a great forest national park. Do you think that there's a kind of shift afoot if native forest logging is truly ending, you know, by the end of January next year, 2024, do you think that there is perhaps more appetite to do that, to finally pick up the mantle and do things like embrace tourism in our native forests for something like the Great Forest National Park? Well, I certainly hope so. Lisa Neville made a promise to me, I have it on email from her office, that there would be a Great Forest National Park. She made that promise uh, in October 2014. And here we are nearly a decade later, and that promise hasn't been delivered. Uh, you know, my, my parents always said to me, if you make a promise, David, you need, to, you, you need to stick to it. And I think it's critical that we do that. And we need to make sure that the model for a Great Forest National Park is right so that we, we have respectful co-management with First Nations people. And there are ways to do that. There are good models for doing that, like we see, for example, at Butteree National Park, in, in the Jarvis Bay Territory, south of Sydney, where we've worked for over two decades. And there's a, a brilliant co-management model there between the First Nations people of the Rec Bay community and Parks Australia. We can do a similar thing in Victoria and have opportunities for First Nations people working on country to tackle issues with, with uh, Indigenous disadvantage and improve the outcomes in forests. We know, for example, that about 30% of logs forests have not regenerated properly. There's an enormous amount of work to restore and repair the damage that's been done to forests from widespread clear felling over the last 50 to 60 years. So there's a lot of work to do still in these forests. And I think it's really important that uh, we think about those kinds of jobs, not only for First Nations people, but for people in rural and regional Australia. The plantation industry is screaming out for, for people to work in their sector. I've seen that in New South Wales, and I know that's also the case in Victoria. There are opportunities with a transition like this, and we need to make sure that that transition happens quickly, that happens smoothly, and that we create opportunities to make sure that the transition is done in a socially just way that has good economic and social outcomes as well as good environmental outcomes. Indeed. You're tuned to 3RRR and I'm speaking to Professor David Lindenmeyer and we're talking about the reports from ABC News that the Andrews government is to announce today that they will end native forest logging completely by January 2024. So that's huge, huge news. David, there are a couple of things I want to cover off on this announcement before we finish up. And that is that obviously a lot of people who've been 
advocating in this area, researching scientifically in this area, will want to make sure that there aren't any kind of caveats to this announcement and will want to look at the fine print. What are some of the potential things or concerns that advocates might have at the moment about the announcement to ensure that all kinds of destructive practices in Victoria's forests are ended? Because obviously native forest logging is one element to that, but there are many practices that can take place in these native forests in Victoria. People to be aware that sometimes industry restructures in in other sectors have had really quite perverse outcomes. So uh, I, I follow things in fisheries quite a bit. And, and what sometimes happened there is that there's been money for people to exit the industry and then they, they go and a bit of a break and come back a few days later, a few weeks later, and buy a bigger boat to fish more intensively with the money that they got from their exit packages. So I don't want to see things like that happen in this case. There is uh, some evidence of that kind of thing that happened in Tasmania with the restructuring that happened in forestry down there. I think it's really important that we avoid practices that can be very detrimental to some kinds of forests. There's been a big push from some parts of industry to do so-called post-disturbance salvage logging after windstorms, for example, in the Wombat Forest. That is very, very damaging to forests. And it also makes forests more prone to more fire. So we need to avoid these kinds of things that are actually quite destructive to forests and can set back the whole forest recovery process and in doing so actually make these forests more flammable, not less. So we need to use good science now to have people working on country around things to do with forest restoration and not doing things like widespread industrial thinning and widespread industrial salvage logging that will make these forests more fire prone, not less. Indeed. And when you talk about forest restoration, I know we've seen reporting and monitoring by scientists and citizen scientists showing that still there's been a lot of logging happening in places like Tulangi, in places across the state. So there still has been obviously logging going on, causing a lot of these disturbances and meaning that there will be a lot of restoration work to be undertaken once that finishes. What are some of the biggest concerns you as a scientist have now in terms of what you've been monitoring around Tulangi, for example, and the mountain ash trees and the forests there? What are some of the kind of key priorities for restoration in the forests that you've been studying for so many decades? Well, I think several things that are really important. One, one is that we need to be aware that one of the legacies of past logging operations is that the forest is now much, much more flammable than it was previously. And so we're going to really need to watch out for um, ways to tackle the fire problem. And that is with good technology and trying to grow forests through to the stage where they're less likely to burn at high severity. So there's a key issue there. And that is right across the state. It's not just in the central highlands. Another issue from northeastern Victoria and southeastern New South Wales is that the, the consequences of ongoing export wood shipping and intensive logging in that part of the, the world is that the composition of the forest has changed and shifted towards tree species like silvertop ash and also coastal areas, uh, coastal blackbutt. And those tree species are not edible for animals like koalas and greater gliders. And so we need a restoration process to start to restore the natural balance 
of different tree species in those ecosystems. So there's a there's a hell of a job of work in that space as well because there are literally hundreds of thousands of hectares of forest that have been created, which are essentially glider and koala deserts. So there's yeah. a, a big job of work to do for many decades ahead, uh, and and uh, you know that means uh, a very skilled workforce working towards uh, restoring the forests in ways that they can store more carbon, that they're better for biodiversity, they produce more water for human consumption, and they have major tourism opportunities. You know, it's a really exciting, different trajectory to take the state's forests on, and I really look forward to it. So uh, let's hope that this is a real decision that's taking us in the right directions uh, to a much better place than we are at the moment. Yeah, it certainly does change things when you look ahead to the horizon and perhaps it might get some ecology scientists and conservation scientists galvanised or students, I should say, you know, wanting to work more in this area. Just finally, David, I know we were going to talk about the budget and the environment and there was one particular body, Environment Information Australia, which stood out because it wasn't something I was necessarily expecting. I knew about Environment Protection Australia, which is a watchdog agency that's been introduced. But would you just mind telling us about Environment Information Australia and what the budget has essentially done regarding the environment and and your kind of brief assessment of it? This will be a data hub. This will be where people's data that, that um, is in, in, important around the environment. How, how are our ecosystems tracking? How effective is our monitoring? Are our management interventions, like changing grazing practices or replanting, are they working? What are the data that tells us about how well the environment's tracking? And so we need good data. We need good monitoring to be able to sort, support making good decisions. And so the, the Data Hub is a, is a welcome initiative to try to drive us in, in the right direction in terms of doing things better on the, on the ground. So I really welcome those kinds of things. Data is really important to make, uh, to make good scientific decisions, good environmental decisions to, to take us in a better, better direction. And really that's what's happened in the Central Highlands case is that the decisions there are really driven by what the scientific evidence has, has come up with. So this is evidence-based policy and evidence-based management, and that's crucial. Yeah. Well, thank you, David, for joining us today on this very momentous occasion, which I couldn't really believe my eyes. I still can't quite. I'm sure you're the same, and you're going to be talking about this a lot today in the media. So we do appreciate your time, but if there's anything that you want people to take away from today, what do you hope that those listening and those who've advocated for these forests um, and community groups, what do you hope that they take away from this moment today? people look at this and and think about what the exciting new opportunities are for, for Victoria and for Australia. You know, you're talking about some of the world's tallest flowering plants on the doorstep of Australia's largest city. 90 minutes, 90 minutes from the, from the MCG. What an incredible set of opportunities this would be uh, to bring more people to see what an incredible place. I, um, I, I hope that people embrace these kinds of things and realise that you know, the, the, the Tony Abbott sort of mantra as of jobs versus the environment is false. This is about jobs and the environment and new ways of thinking about how to, to, to embed protected areas in Australian psyche, Australian culture and Australian workplaces. 
Well, I couldn't agree more. And I hope people go out to Tulangi and experience it for themselves if they haven't already. Thank you so much, David, for taking the time to chat with us and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Amy. My pleasure. I've just been chatting with the phenomenal David Lindenmeyer. He's a professor based at the ANU's Fenner School and he's a conservation and forest scientist who's been working in this field for decades, publishing many peer-reviewed articles on this area. So it's been really wonderful to talk with him about this big announcement that's come through through the ABC that the Victorian government plans to end the native forest logging industry and native forest logging in the state by January 2024. I'm Amy Mullins, and you've been listening to the Uncommon Sense podcast. Uncommon Sense is a radio show broadcast on 3RRR FM in Melbourne every Tuesday between 9am and 12pm.